You're listening to the Fix My Feet podcast. Solutions for every step in your journey with the nation's leading foot and ankle specialists. While walking, you exert about three to six times your body weight onto your feet. By the end of the day, that can be a few hundred tons, which is equal to 24 semi-trucks. Your feet support your entire body, but what supports your feet? Custom-fitted orthotics can last about 10 years and are doctor-approved to help your feet take the pressure of your everyday life. To book your fitting, go to www.prfootandankle.com now and click the Request Appointment button. We look forward to seeing you soon. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This is the Fix My Feet podcast. I'm Dr. David Waters here with my cohort partner, Dr. Evan Lennertz. Hello. Here to talk about a little bit newer procedure, and that's total ankle replacements. I know we've been doing a little series on these, and and so uh, this will fall into that. So if you want to catch up on some other topics uh, surrounding uh, total ankle replacement, you can scroll through some of the episodes. And we did uh, previously recorded, and I don't know what what order these are going to be put out uh, by our marketing department, but we we previously recorded kind of the recovery part of total ankle replacement, what patients might and should expect with uh, recovery. Today, we're going to talk about the other end of the spectrum, and that's if you got pain in your ankle and who is the good candidate for total ankle replacement. And so if you're thinking about that, this might uh, lend you some knowledge on that topic. But let's back up and hand it over to Dr. Leonard. So what are common symptoms? If I'm a patient and I'm sitting at home and my, my ankle kills me, what are some common symptoms that most patients that would fall into a category where they might need a total ankle replacement would be experiencing on a day-to-day basis? I think pretty commonly patients are starting to get some swelling around the ankle joint. They're starting to get pain doing their normal daily activities. So it's generally going to work, going to the grocery store, you know, going to get the mail, doing some things like that, that they normally do become a little bit more painful. Sometimes they feel like the swelling is worse at the end of the day. They get, you know, pain when they have something pushing on their ankle or when the ankle has to move a lot, like going up and down stairs or going up inclines or de- going down declines, things like that. Anything that's, that's stressing that ankle joint in the range of motion is, is what these patients are feeling as this starts to progress. Generally, it's not somebody who's going to be 17 and you know they're doing a triple jump and their ankle hurts a little bit now. They're, they're probably not the ones that are going to be coming in for this. So it's going to be people who are going through their day-to-day tasks and they're saying, hey, my ankle's been swollen for a couple of weeks, it's a little bit red. It's starting to hurt a little bit more. I, going up the stairs, it hurts. You know, I have to, I'm taking a lot more ibuprofen. I'm taking a lot more aspirin, whatever you take to help your pain. And it's it's got a slow progression. Well said. I mean, those are those are the symptoms that, that we're talking about when we talk about total ankle replacements. Let's back up just one more step and talk about ankle arthritis. Arthritis, of course, is, you know, if we break it down, that's inflammation or swelling inside of the joint, whether that's your knee, your hip, your shoulder, your ankle, your big toe joint. Arthritis can affect any number of joints depending on the type of arthritis you have. But we're going to talk specifically about ankle arthritis and what makes it a little bit more unique and that might help patients identify. But in stark contrast to like knees and hips, which are a large majority are what we call primary osteoarthritis, meaning that it's just wear and tear of that joint over time. 
leads to degeneration of the joint surface. Ankles are a little bit different because of the constrained nature of the joint. Over 70, 70, depending on the literature reads, 70, 75% of ankle arthritis is what we call post-traumatic arthritis in nature. So the people that we're dealing with for total ankle replacements, they've had trauma to that ankle. So that could be ankle fractures. It could also be, and more and more commonly I see this in my in my patients that come in, are the chronic ankle sprainers, people who have just rolled that ankle yep. over and over again. Your thoughts, Evan, on that just briefly. Yeah, you're hundred percent right. The you know, the knee and the hip, a lot of times it's it's just that degeneration. The ankles are a little bit different. They've looked at some studies about that, the different types of cartilage for the ankle joint, and it's actually a lot more resistant to just primary wear and tear because it's built a little bit differently because there's so much more force per square, you know, millimeter or centimeter on the contact points of the ankle joint because it takes so much more of your body weight. And so it's much more resistant to that, but it's very, very susceptible to being inappropriately aligned and causing wear and tear and degeneration that way. And not necessarily inappropriately aligned, but that is part of it. And so when you're talking about chronic ankle instability, where their ligaments aren't functioning appropriately, or they have some tendon imbalances and, and the ankle joint isn't contacting normally and symmetrically, and it's, it's wearing down portions of the cartilage faster than others, then that's that cycle that starts to develop for these patients where they end up with this end stage arthritis and ending up needing a, you know, a total ankle replacement or another procedure. And then with ankle fractures, you can get these perfectly reduced and um, fixated, but your chances of having some ankle arthritis down the road are greatly increased when you've had some trauma to that joint, whether or not it's it's fixed perfectly. So he's right. I'd say probably, you know, three quarters to a little bit more of the patients that we see with this, you say, hey, have you ever injured this ankle or anything? Oh yeah, you know, jumped off something and sprained it really bad or broke it, you know, 35 years ago. And then they're coming in with this end-stage ankle arthritis and chronic pain. Yeah. And so I practice in rural Nebraska. So I deal with these farmers that walk around these uneven fields all the time and pop that ankle over and just keep, yeah, I got more work to do. I got more jobs to do. So like we just keep pressing forward, which I, I love them for that, but they've rolled their ankle 50, hundred times. I mean, I probably can't even count how many times they've rolled the ankle. And, and so that's also trauma to the ankle and, and people end up Increasingly, we see more and more of the literature developing in-stage ankle arthritis and certainly breaking your ankle, fracturing your ankle, just like Dr. Leonard said. So that's the primary thing. Of course, secondary to that, we definitely see still some of the primary wear and tear arthritis, although it's far less common in the ankle. Um, and then rheumatoid, I think, would be the second biggest category that we see in the ankle. So for those of our patients who suffer from rheumatoid arthritis uh, and end up with bone-on-bone -bone arthritis, secondary to the rheumatoid factors, those would be another subset of, of patients. So if you are rheumatoid, you know you have rheumatoid, you have ankle pain, it could be bone-on-bone -bone arthritis. If you've had an injury to the ankle, these are some of the things you can be thinking of. The, you know, I have now I have pain and swelling, just like Dr. Leonard said, that's chronic, that's not getting better, that's worse when I'm up and around and on it. And I've had previous trauma to the ankle. This might be something you might think about. I might have some arthritis in that ankle. And there may be discussion of something down the road here for you. I think those are some of the things that, you know, as a, from a patient's perspective, 
you can be cluing in on that might that might trigger, hey, I, I should probably see somebody and have this looked at, have an x-ray taken, see what kind of condition of my ankle joints dealing with. So what are maybe some other things we can do that are less invasive, less drastic than that, that might, you know, patients should know about that could provide them some extended relief. It may not fix the problem, but it might buy you some years, which in an ankle replacement case, that might be a big deal. And we'll talk about why. Well, obviously with any kind of inflammation, I mean, you're, you're talking about some anti-inflammatory medication, some ice, you know, decreased activity, sometimes compression can help a little bit. Uh, when we get a little bit further up, we're talking about possible steroid injection, something to give a little bit of relief, calm down some of that inflammation. There's some topical things you can rub on that are anti-inflammatories. It's difficult when the inflammation is coming from inside the joint to get that to absorb that deeply, but it's definitely an option. And then we're you know, looking at support. When we get past that point, we're looking at something that's going to hold that foot and that ankle in a good position and either allow it to move a little bit less or not allow it to move so that we're not having the pain because the the movement of the arthritic joint is what's generating the inflammation and the pain. There's no more smooth hyaline articular cartilage that's gliding and, and allowing for free motion. And so when you have jagged portions or parts that are just bone on bone, like you get in the knee and the hip, and that's what's causing your pain. And so a lot of times we'll discuss with these patients bracing as an option, which generally isn't the most popular or well-received, especially from the, the farmer population here in Nebraska, but it's definitely an option and it can alleviate your pain, but it's something that you have to do every day, all day when you're on your feet. And it's something that's going to be part of your lifestyle uh, for, the, for the rest of your life because not wearing it one day allows this thing to flare back up. It, just if patients are curious, I, I want to throw out a couple different bracing options and tell me if you think that they're, they're worthwhile or not. Cause man, I see patients come in with some, some braces that I'm like, I feel bad. You spend your money on some of this stuff. So if you have ankle arthritis, those like little neoprene sleeves that you get at like uh, Walgreens or Walmart, are those of any, any use to you? No, I wouldn't yeah. wear it for an ankle sprain even. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just, they're just for a little bit of compression, yeah. basically, if you have a little, you know, swelling, if you're an athlete or something, but that's, it's not for any kind of structural support. Yeah. No, no functional, no structural support there. The next thing that sometimes I see these braces that are basically like a sock that you pull on your thoughts about those kind of braces. Yeah. Same thing. I don't even know yeah. if I could call it a brace. It's yeah, just right. a sock, you know, like yeah. you might as well just throw on a tube sock. It's about the same <laughs> thing. Uh, it's not, it's not stopping you, you know, it's not holding you in a better position. It's not decreasing that inflammation, it's probably not going to do much. So let's talk about maybe some things that, that are out there. We call them figure of eight braces, but they're legit ankle braces that usually for patients to identify them, they lace up the front and they have straps that kind of go around the sides of the ankle. Your thoughts about those? Those are better. I, I think it gives you s some support in kind of a lateral to medial direction. Depends on the level of severity of, of how much we want right. you to move, but it's definitely a step up with those straps that kind of hold your, your ankle lateral and medial a little bit better. There's still not a ton of support on the front and back side of that, but it's better than wearing a sock, I guess. Generally, these patients need need bracing that's what's called an AFO or ankle foot orthosis. And so there's various levels and different kinds of AFOs out there, but 
if you're thinking, hey, I, I'm I'm happy with the brace, so I'm more comfortable in the bracing category, that's fine. But generally, wouldn't you think, Evan, that's the kind of brace that you're going to need to be in and wear every day? Yep. And a lot of times these are, you know, custom made for yeah. you. So they're 3D scanned and so they're built to your anatomy, which makes them as comfortable as they're going to be. But it is an apparatus that you have to put on and, you know, find the right shoe gear that's going to fit with it and something that you're going to have to take on and off every day. So they do work. People have great results with them, but it is a commitment. Okay, good. So we've kind of, we've kind of given some background, some history about ankle arthritis, some of the options you might think about, things you can try at home or work with your doctor, surgeon, primary care doctor about some of these, some of these options. If you get to a point where you're still having pain and swelling in your ankle and you're thinking about some surgical options, let's talk about what you can expect out of an ankle replacement. There's a lot in the literature right now, but in general, some things, let me just throw, I'd like the idea, I'll throw out some categories. If you're a heavy smoker, is is ankle replacement something you you, you should be thinking about? No. No, probably not. So just so those of you listening, there's significant risk taken when you're a smoker and you go through a surgery like this. Literature has borne that out time and time again. So if you've got bad ankle arthritis pain and you're a heavy smoker, I wouldn't do the ankle replacement on you if you came into my office. You'd have to quit smoking. We'd have to know that you quit and we'd have to to give us the best chance uh, of having success there. I'm a middle-aged farmer or a middle-aged laborer. I want to jump on and off of rail cars. I want to jump on and off of tractors. I want to, you know, go stomping out in the fields. Is uh, ankle replacement something you, you'd want to think about in that case? Depends if you want to do that after surgery. If you still <laughs> want to do it, then probably not. There's some other procedures we could do that would keep you, you know, pain-free, but a little bit more stable and, and less of a chance of having to do a revision down the road. Yeah. I'd say generally speaking, at least right now with what we have right now, I always tell patients heavy, heavy labor, heavy activity, you know, running a marathon, being a professional athlete, jump for me, jumping on and off of tractors is what I worry about my patients doing, to be honest with you. Angle replacements are not made to do those kinds of things right now. The amount of force that's put through your ankle uh, when you start compounding that with high level activities, that's not a good combination. Generally, my recommendations for patients is this, this is for something you want to walk, you want to do some light exercise, ride the bike, get on the treadmill a little bit, you know, chase your kids, chase your grandkids, keep working, be pain-free, beautiful. You want to do crazy stuff, we need to do something else. One of the big no-nos for me with angle replacement is neuropathy. Maybe you should, Evan, tell people what neuropathy is first before we just kind of throw that big term out there. Uh, Neuropathy is kind of just a catch-all term. It basically just means that your nerves are functioning correctly for a variety of reasons. It can manifest itself in a lot of different ways, whether that's numbness, whether that's burning or tingling or pain, or you get excruciating pain from light touch, or there's all sorts of ways that it can rear its head. But when we talk about neuropathy, a lot of times with these, we're either talking about an uncontrolled diabetic with a lot of peripheral neuropathy and a lot of numbness or neuropathy that there's really no cause that you know of, but it's sometimes there's a familial history and we just call it, you know, idiopathic neuropathy. 
And with those patients, the problem with it is that they don't really have the same feedback mechanisms and the rest of us do in terms of understanding when something's going wrong or something is incorrect. And so they're at a much higher risk of breaking these implants down and, and causing issues down the road that can lead to infections and problems because they don't have that pain feedback mechanism and they don't have that same proprioception and that same position sense that we do that we can kind of tell if things are properly lined up or not. So that's one that I don't think many people dive into when it comes to total ankles. It's just a difficult pathology and there are some other procedures that work much better and that are a lot more consistent for those patients and will provide better outcomes. If you're super young, you had an unfortunate car accident in your early 20s and you now have end-stage ankle post-traumatic arthritis from that, which is super difficult for you to deal with. And I've had a few patients like this. What things would you advise a super young person that's like, I want to do ankle replacement? And they're starting to do them in younger and younger populations they are. But what things should they be aware of that might be down the road for them? Yeah, I think they're kind of right in that spot where you you can basically talk to them about a bunch of different things, but there there's some caveats to it. And I think it kind of depends on their level of activity. And like you said, people are starting to do these in younger patients. They work a desk job and do some stuff. You know, they ride a bike or do some swimming, but they're not, you know, doing kickboxing or anything like that. And they're not farming or doing any cattle or anything out like a heavy lifting type job, no construction. I mean, I think you could reasonably have a discussion with them about a total ankle, but things that they need to be prepared for are the fact that their implant is going to not outlive them, right? So they're going to have to have a revision at some point. These implants are synthetic and they break down and there's really no way around it at this point. And that goes with anything that goes with any other implant we use or including total knees and total hips and total shoulders, they, they have a lifespan. And so in older patients, they don't have to worry about it as much because the implants have gotten a lot better and they last much longer than they used to. And they're a lot more predictable, but for a younger patient, I think it's reasonable to have that discussion with them, but they should know that they'll need multiple revisions over their lifetime to keep this thing functioning well. Agreed. I mean, that that is the discussion, I think. And I, I've done some younger patients, with, but with that understanding that they realize that the reality is there's going to be multiple revisions in your lifetime. I mean, it's not, are you going to have surgery again? But when are you going to have surgery again is what I tell them. And I always tell patients, you know, any total joint is like putting car parts inside of a human body. That, that's that's what it's like. You know, you're putting synthetic parts inside of a human body, and there's going to be breakdown over time. And when we have, when we still have, you know, a 30 year old, we still have potentially 60, 70 years of life still ahead of you. There's going to be some revisions that are going to come down the road for you. So in an ideal world, when we, when we paint an ideal picture of who's a great candidate for total ankle, generally you're older, you're retirement or older, you know, the longer we can wait to put it in, the better the scenario, because the chance that you'll outlive the implant and not need a revision improves the older you are. So your body habitus is not crazy. You're not, you don't have huge BMI and we didn't get a chance to talk a lot about BMI. So it's probably for another podcast, but the literature is not shown necessarily that BMI is an absolute contraindication with it, but you know, more BMI, more force, small implant. There, there's some things there that we have to consider what, what you're going to be like functionally afterwards. So appropriate body, body habitus, 
a little bit older in age, make sure that you're generally healthy. You don't have to be the model of health by any means, but you can't be a wildly out of control diabetic. This is not the surgery for you in that case. Uh, neuropathy is a big thing we work out, look for. Smoking is a big thing we look for. And what do you want your lifestyle to be like after this uh, yeah. are some things that, that we really look for that, that you should really consider if you're thinking about, uh, you know, is total ankle replacement the right surgery for you? On the positive note, I want to highlight with all this, we have the fourth generation implants and their survivability. 10-year studies is over 90% in the last several published uh, data st studies. So I think the implants are very good. The techniques are very good, which we're going to be talking about in the future. So I think that it's a very good surgery for the right patients. And uh, hopefully we've given some pearls for you to have good discussions with. Some parting thoughts, Evan, about total ankle replacement. I just quick piggybacking off what you said. I think that if you're if you kind of meet those criteria you're going through, now is as good of time as there's been to get an ankle replacement. They're they're doing extremely well over you know long follow ups, ten fifteen years. So definitely don't shy away from it if that's something where you meet those qualifications and you're having pain you know through your day to day life. It's definitely something to talk about the lifestyle that they want to have, the the level of activity. When why we're shying away from total ankles, what we're leaning more towards is is either you know bracing continued conservative care to keep you comfortable, or we're talking more about a, a fusion procedure most of the time where we take away the pain from that standpoint, but you're not gaining any range of motion back. And the difference is that without an implant in there, you can jump on and off things. Once this is healed, you can do things that are a little bit more high impact because you're not worrying about those components failing. And so that's why we, we care so much about what you're wanting to do and what your goals are in your life um, once you get to be pain-free. And so th there are other options if you don't meet those criteria for a total ankle replacement that we'll probably touch on in another podcast. Absolutely. I think it's a thrilling time. And for those of you who, who are the right candidates and you think that this might be good, find a good surgeon, go and get a consult. As Dr. Leonard said, there couldn't be a better time to do this. Survivability is greatly increased and it really is when you're the right candidate. It's a life-changing surgery for most of these patients. Uh, yeah. The decreased amount of pain, the improved quality and function of life, and decreased amount of recovery as opposed to like an ankle fusion or uh, some other types of fusions that might have happened in the past have really enhanced things for patients. So it's an exciting time. It's a topic that our practice is extremely passionate about and that I am definitely extremely passionate about. So we're going to keep talking about it. And so I look forward to discussing some of those topics in the next coming episodes. I'm Dr. Waters, Dr. Leonard. This is the Fix My Feet podcast. Hope you've enjoyed the discussion about are you the best candidate for total ankle replacement? Look for us on social media, Platte River Foot and Ankle Surgeons on Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube at Platte River Foot and Ankle Surgeons on Instagram. Or check us out the uh, Fix My Feet Facebook page. Drop your comments. We'll make sure we address those uh, during future episodes. From all of us here, look forward to the next episode. Thank you. See you next time. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Fix My Feet podcast. To schedule an appointment with one of our providers, visit www.prfootandankle.com.